This is iUniverse Radio, brought to you by iUniverse, the leading book marketing, editorial services, and supported self-publishing company. iUniverse Radio is your opportunity to hear firsthand from authors about their new books. It's an in-depth discussion about the author's passion about the development of his or her story in their own words. It's an inside look into the characters and the plot and how the story all came together. Here is iUniverse Radio with host Steve Jorgensen. Readings for iUniverse, this is Jay Douglas Barker. This book is titled Everything But Snakes. The story of an impossibly glamorous, manipulative, sex-obsessed, New York City high society matron. You'd think this was a fictional account written by our author Matthew Phillips, but I understand it's based on true events. Welcome, Matthew, to the program. Hey, Jay, good morning. Thank you for having me. In your preface, you have uh, mentioned this. Eventually, New York City chewed me up, as it does so many eager young men, but it never spit me out. You've survived in New York City. Tell me the background. Why did this book, why did this tale get written? Sure. Well, you know, I I really had a lot to say, and there was a message to be told in this true story, and uh, uh, what basically had happened was me moving from Boston, starting my first job in uh, New York, graduating from college, and uh, really needed a place to live, answered an ad in the New York Times magazine, and ended up renting the room uh, of a woman uh, who, unbeknownst to me at the time, was in fact uh, a New York City high society matron. And uh, it was really uh, quite an experience. I lived on the Upper East Side for three years, and I uh, learned all the uh, ins and outs of high society, and I met so many celebrities and so many people like Eartha Kitt, Johnny Carson, Joan Rivers. Uh, I baked cookies with uh, Anne Bancroft, and I played Monopoly with Larry and, and Leona <laughs> Helmsley, and uh, Howard Cosell was a regular. And the interesting and fun thing about all of that was, you know, I was only 21. Mm. I didn't know who any of these people were. And I treated them like normal, regular folks. And I learned, really, that is what they appreciated most. And all of those people that I mentioned gave me insight uh, to New York City and and, uh, the lifestyle, if you will. And it was really a bizarre household and and quite a whirlwind of of opportunity. And and, uh, it was really an amazing experience. But along the whole journey... Um, I really got to understand how to treat people. And if I learned anything, Jay, I'd have to tell you, you know, many times people don't always remember your name or what you do uh, or or where you come from. But you know what, Jay? They, They always remember how you made them feel. True. And, yeah. And I really had a, a wonderful time living here, but uh, it, it, trust me, it, it didn't go with its ups and downs. <laughs> yes, you, you mentioned the name Auntie Mary Lou. Is that a true name, or did you change the name to protect the guilty? No, actually, Jay, to tell you the truth, all the first names in this book are real. I used all their real names. Um, right down to the doorman into the building uh, at a very beautiful uh, co-op building on the Upper East Side. And uh, 
she asked me once we became friends and, and got quite close, actually, if she, uh, if I could call her uh, Aunt Mary Lou. And that was, in fact, her real name, Mary Lou Stern. You got to work on Wall Street also. You share that, uh, that story. I did. Hated it, Jay. Yeah. Wasn't my cup of tea. <laughs> Not at all. Um, you know, you have to pass a variety of tests and exams in order to get licensed. And yes. even though I was a college graduate from Boston University, I really had a hard time passing these tests. I, I, I failed uh, by two points, three points here and there. And, and these prestigious firms on Wall Street, you know, they kick you right out of the door if you don't pass the first time around. But I was a hard worker, and they liked me, and uh, uh, they kept me on, and I was trying to pass this, these exams, which, again, I found very difficult. And my only escape was going home to this mystical apartment where I had so much fun and, and connection with these people, and it really saved me, to tell you the truth. And uh, I, I learned so much more in those three years living with uh, Aunt Mary Lou than I, I could have possibly imagined. The title, Everything But Snakes, where did that come from? Right. Well, I, I, you know, it's funny. I get that a lot. Um, and I, I hate to reveal the secret, but I think it's kind of imperative that, that the audience and, and the people who are interested in this story kind of get it. And basically, this woman introduced me to the world of everything and anything but the snakes. She was very protective, hmm. and she guarded me, and she cared for me, and she loved me, and we became very close. So the title was really my way of uh, explaining how she, uh, she protected me in, in so many ways. But the, the funny thing is, the dog walker that we had, um, her company, if you will, was called Everything but snakes, meaning she she would uh, care uh, for uh, all your pets and <laughs> but right. the snakes, and, and it was it just resonated with me, and we we, we kept it. Chapter twenty five. You mention the name Leona, and the official right. shrimp plopper. Is that <laughs> Leona Hemsley? Yes, it is. It is all right, My, and that's a true story. <laughs> t- tell me about that one. <laughs> well, you know they were friends, and she had a swimming pool. And uh, this information was shared with me from uh, from Mary Lou, uh, and it was really, uh, I think, quite unusual. Um, Leona had a habit of laps, but these laps apparently were, were very exhausting to her, so the only way that she could motivate herself was having her butler dressed in full uniform with a platter on the other end of the pool, rewarding her with yeah. a shrimp every time she finished a lap. <laughs> I like that. I like that story. You also uh, talk about uh, some of the propensities of Annie Mary Lou. One of the comments that she made often or occasionally was, God bless the people on the 10th floor. Right. Share the background of that particular comment. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's true. One of the very first things she said to me when I opened the door to go for my interview to see if I would be able to rent this, this room, which was separate and off uh, the apartment uh, was uh, uh, a comment she mentioned when she shook my hand, which incidentally was a very firm handshake, probably the strongest handshake I can remember uh, from a woman. But, you know, she looked at you sincerely and directly in the eyes, and she was a no-nonsense kind of a person, and you got that immediately when you met her. And she often said that, God bless everyone on the 10th floor. Uh-huh. And I learned after three years that Really, this was a sort of a prayer uh, that helped keep her grounded in the midst of living among so many people who had so much 
with all the nonsense and fluff and puff in this world and in terms of materialistic possessions that we are we seem to be so obsessed by um it kept her grounded because she donated and volunteered uh at hospice and she saw so much pain and, and particularly among children and even though she hobnobbed with all the glamour and glitz she knew what was really important in life family um, commitment, loyalty, friendship, sincerity, uh, respect, and all of these things she she uh, imposed on me to, to value deeply. And again, God bless everyone on the seventh floor. Well, that's where hospice seemed to be lo- was located, and that's where she went uh, two, three times a week to, to donate her time and, and to give. And she, once again, she saw all the pain and suffering and the sadness and yet she go home to this uh, wonderful lifestyle knowing that she was in fact blessed that she was special and that she needs to appreciate everything that she has and and for her to say that god bless everyone on the seventh floor was her way once again of of being grounded and and realizing what's what's true and what's really important in life Matt, so, you've, you've managed to write 468 pages. That's a long memoir. Yeah. Uh, how did you remember all of these incidents, and how long did it take to complete? Sure. Jay, this, this story was bubbling to get out of me. And quite frankly, I, it just one day happened. But to answer your question specifically, four and a half years, I, I tortured <laughs> Sharon Saxon, uh, who's a dear friend and an author of many, many books and uh, a well-established journalist, and uh, she and I had become good friends prior to writing and working on this project together. And I would write chapters uh, and scenarios and situations that, that would come up to me. And just when I thought everything was done, something else would pop into my head. So I would go back to Sharon. We would have to reconfigure the manuscript, uh, add this, take this out. It, it really was a long process, but I, I enjoyed it. I had book signings at Barnes & Noble. Colleges had invited me to uh, do book signings in their college bookstores, um, and that was exciting. And the funny thing was, uh, the people who were buying the book, many were college students, were attending my book signings. Get this, Jay. They were dressed as the characters in my book. Oh, fascinating. And, yeah, and that, that, that was flattering, and I was really taken back by that. Um, and uh, it was really uh, a wonderful experience. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that, particularly Bucknell University. That was a success at that particular Barnes and Noble bookstore, and uh, it was it was quite fun. You mentioned the Adams family in Chapter 41. Is that anyone that we might know? Absolutely, that's the man himself. Um, Chill, as he liked to be called, is his nickname. Charles Adams was a dear friend of the Stearns, and the apartment was covered with original artwork that he gave Bunny, which was Mrs. Stearns' uh, husband. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he and I became friends, and we had a, a common interest in sports cars. But, you know, Jay, real quick, I, I'd like to mention, you know, one of the interesting facets of this particular story is that you have to kind of wonder, why would a woman on the Upper East Side who had all this glamour and glitz and money need to rent a room? Mm. Well, the fact of the matter is, she was broke, Jay. Really? She was living a lie, and she was not going to let go. She maintained this lifestyle by hook or by crook, and she was not about to, again, let it go. So she was really 
at the end of all her financial means to maintain this, but she needed the extra income of me renting the servants' quarters part of her apartment to help subsidize her, her income. Matt, is that one of the, uh, I guess, key ingredients to your story that people will find surprising? Absolutely. Um, again, you know, this woman, who I'm not going to reveal her age, which you will learn in the book, was quite, quite old. And uh, she had really burned through all of her money. She had been married many, many times, which is all detailed in the book. And uh, all her husbands uh, had died. And she was just determined to maintain this lifestyle, which she had become accustomed to, which, again, is a reason why she needed uh, my income and I was very lucky that she chose me to, to be her tenant. What would be the underlying theme that might pop out from someone reading your book? This story is about family. It's, it's about doing the right thing in life. Um, it comes with great sacrifice. And it's, it's a story about a woman who, who gave so much in life and got back so, so little. And it's a sad story, but... The underlining theme, if you will, is, is about love. It's about respect and, and commitment and, and the value of friendship and the meaning of friendship. Um, and lessons in life from a woman who is over 100 years old. Wow. Right. And who's, who's seen a lot, who shared with me uh, the, the way of how to conduct oneself and the benefits that can be reaped if you live a good life. You've uh, penned 60 pages. There must have been some challenges in getting this completed. How did you overcome them, Matt? A lot of the writing uh, flowed out of me. There, there were parts that were pretty emotional and tough that I really didn't want to acknowledge. Um, weaknesses and shame, if you will. Uh, it's all detailed in the book. I mean, we have drugs, we have, we have prostitution, we have theft, um, we 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 have the whole gamut. It's something uh, for everybody. It's, it's, it's <laughs> uh, yes, and and yes, we have a good mix of celebrities, um, which gives it a little spice and kick. Names I had mentioned earlier. Um, it, it was uh, an arduous journey, to say the least, and I, I am very pleased that it came out the way it did. A dear friend of mine, Bruce Falanche, who is a six-time Emmy-winning Emmy, uh, writer, uh, read the book, loved it. Uh, he wrote a blurb for me. It's on the cover, and it really says it all, and I would just like to share it with you sure, real quick. Sure, please do. Yeah, Bruce Falanche said, Matthew's private anti-mame shows him the velvet ropes while making sure... He doesn't hang himself with any of them. Hmm. And I think Bruce captured it the best, and I, I, I reach out and I thank him for, for his support on this project. The title of the book, again, is Everything But Snakes. And you can get your own personal copy of Everything But Snakes, all 60 chapters of intrigue, fun, and introspection. The story of Matthew Phillips and his life in New York City. Matt, thanks for joining me today and sharing your story. How do we get copies of Everything But Snakes? Absolutely. Thank you, Jay. Thanks for having me. Well, there is a website, www.everythingbutsnakes.com, with photographs and uh, uh, some fun stuff. Uh, it is available on Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. 
I'm very pleased when it came out. Uh, it made it did make Amazon's top 100. If you love the book, I'd appreciate a, a review on Amazon. There are many, many. I think over 60 or 70 reviews on Amazon right now, and the book the book is doing well, particularly in LA and New York, Boston and the East Coast, and. It's a fun, true story, and, and I appreciate your support. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, sir, for joining me today. For iUniverse, this is Jay Douglas Barker. You're listening to iUniverse Radio. We'll be back right after these messages. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to iUniverse Radio with host Steve Jorgensen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the iUniverse line today. I'm Clay Yates. So glad you could be with us. How about this one? Everything but snakes, the story of an impossibly glamorous, manipulative, sex-obsessed New York City high society matron. That's the title. Hey, I don't get, you got me at the title even before I got into this thing. The author to this book, Matthew Phillips, joins us on the iUniverse line today. Matt, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Clint. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I admit, that's quite a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It makes you want to take a look, and I guess that's what the title is supposed to be. Now, this is, I, you know, when I when I was looking into your book, uh, when, when when I knew I was going to be speaking with you today, uh, and I started looking into it, this is kind of a two-sided thing. It's a story about you, but really also about this high society matron that really had a big impact on your life. She most certainly did, and uh, if I can just digress for a moment real quick, Clint, the title, and I've had a lot of questions about it, Everything But Snakes, you know, I don't want to give it all away, but an effort to help the, the, the reader understand, really, this was an extraordinary woman who became my mentor. She was certainly a bigger-than-life type of personality, um, where... Uh, she introduced me to high society and she protected me and she loved me and she cared for me and she did in fact introduce me to the world of everything and everyone but the snakes and in that regard she she did protect me but it's a true story yeah now you came to new york as a young man uh why did you come to new york and how did you hook up with the lady that would eventually kind of help you almost become a man well, you know, I graduated from Boston University, and I had done various internships, and I thought I wanted to become a broker and get involved in, in the municipal bonds and all of that in particular, and I had uh, positioned myself where I was fortunate to get a job out of college in New York, required me to move, 
And in doing so, I needed a place to live. So I answered an ad in the New York Times and sure enough, ended up renting a room from a woman on, who had an extraordinary home on the Upper East Side. And I lived there for a few years and she, she uh, was my landlord. And uh, that's how that came to be. Wow. Just a bit of destiny, it sounds like. So this mentor, this lady that had such an impact on on your life, she showed you a side of things that, uh, you know, not the common guy gets to see when they come to New York City. You're right. She did. And um, and for that, all I can say is is I have to thank her. It was a very uh, unusual situation where she was really, uh, I think we're all familiar with the anti-mame um, character, yeah. and, and she was just that. Yet the story is uh, a coming-of-age story where she uh, introduced me to, uh, yes, New York City high society, um, but more importantly... Um, how to live uh, a life that's respectable through conduct, character, and, and conversation, if you will. And it was a, a rare opportunity to play Monopoly and Scrabble with Larry and Leona Helmsley, to bake cookies with Anne Bancroft, to sing with Eartha Kitt, um, to joke around with Joan Rivers, and to talk about sports with Howard Cosell and uh, people of this sort. Um, it was a time where... You know, I was very impressionable, and I didn't know who these people were, and I treated them just like ordinary people. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, so many of those uh, unique people that I had mentioned, and those are just a handful, um, uh, were so open and, and giving to me. And uh, I learned a lot through her and, and through the people I mentioned, and it was, it was quite a time. So for full disclosure here, Matt, this was this is set back in the 80s. Uh, yes, it is. So how, how as, as we kind of look at New York today and we see the TV shows and all those things that, that the common guy sees, uh, how different was the high society, that, that star-studded kind of atmosphere in the 80s, maybe compared to today? Well, to tell you the truth, in hindsight, now that I look at it, it's it's nearly 25 years later, and I, as I look back, um, it was really the end, sadly, uh, of the old New York City high society as we know it. Many of the people I mentioned um, have died. Um, my most recent friend, Joan Rivers, passed away only three weeks ago. Um, and again, some of the other names I mentioned have, have passed away. It was, a, it was an era. It was a time where... Um, um, people there was there was a sense of of importance and there was a sense of respect and there was a sense of dignity which sadly i don't really see so much today um because we're so obsessed with celebrity and reality tv and and nonsense and I, I, it was a time where it was about friendships and family and core values, and I know it sounds cliche as all hell, but getting back to basics um, in terms of how to conduct one's life and treat each other with respect and kindness, and, and this is fundamental stuff that my parents brought me up on and was reiterated living with this woman, and um, it's, it was a time where um, family was really valued, and, and having that family dinner was oh so important at, at 6 or 6.30 like we did, and um, 
real basic stuff, which I, I don't seem to see so much these days, and I'm hoping my story can pull people back and, and take a look and, and reevaluate some, on some of these things that I think are very important in terms of building friendships and having respect and, and to treat each other with kindness. Now, Matt, some of the things you're saying, and of course, this would just be my own personal opinion here, but it, it seems to go quite opposite of, of the stereotype that we have. Maybe it's of the, the of the high society and stars of today, but even back then, it's, this doesn't sound like, I guess, what we put in our mind's eye of what we think the kind of lifestyle uh, that that part of society lives. Well, um, yes, um, the people in my life that I had met through her were very influential, and they shared with me life lessons, uh, do's and don'ts, if you will, and and uh, secrets of their success, and uh, it, it, it resonated in a profound way, and Mary Lou uh, protected me and introduced me to uh, certain things that she felt were important to... Uh, be a productive person, and she helped me na- navigate through all the uh, the difficulties that I, I I faced as a young broker down on Wall Street, who ended up hating what he does, but didn't realize it until I got into it. And my only escape, at the end of the day, was to uh, return to this mystical apartment on the Upper East Side, where I was surrounded by. Uh, her, her friends, and uh, a housekeeper who uh, took care of us, and it was really, really a very special time. Well, let me ask you this, Matt. Why did you decide to go back? I mean, like you said, this is 25 years ago uh, to pick this part of your life out and to sit down and, and write a book about it for everyone to see. Why? Well, I, I had that question a lot, and interesting, when I did book signings for Barnes & Noble at various colleges and universities, my fans, so to speak, they would show up to my book signings dressed as the characters in the book, which were kind of fun. And they asked me that question, too. And um, uh, the book took four and a half years to write, and uh, it's a true story, as I mentioned. I felt that now, uh, as an adult, and learning everything that I have, that many of her lessons and many of the things that I learned from her in fact came to be she was right and spot on and I wanted to share that with other people and uh, hopefully they too can can learn from some very simple basic fundamental enduring uh, lessons that I learned and I, I they are all in the book now in your book Matt you open up every chapter with a quote from Benjamin Franklin, what was up with that? Why did you decide to start every chapter in the book like that? Well, I have to say, um, Benjamin Franklin is probably my my um, my greatest hero, and at many levels, I really admire and respect him. And interesting, each quote, as you mentioned starts each chapter kind of summarizes if you will the entire content of that particular chapter and uh, it, it really concludes the, the the point I'm trying to make with that Benjamin Franklin quote and interestingly enough I I'm a dog lover and uh, um, Benjamin Franklin had a quote and the very first quote from Benjamin Franklin in the book the foreword if you will Benjamin Franklin says um, uh, um, 
beware of man who do not like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and I think anyone who's a dog lover out there understands exactly what I'm saying, and I do not need to elaborate on that yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, now, one thing in your book, Matt, that you talk about, it's kind of mentioned in, the, in your long subtitle, uh, you, there's a lot of emphasis, it seems, on sex, sex with escorts. Was that uh, part of the day-to-day kind of... Uh, right. Well, my, my landlord, again, she was very colorful and very active. She had her vices and she had her, her, uh, her enjoyments. And she, yes, she, she had hired male escorts to entertain her. And uh, that was part of it. And it kept her young and healthy, healthy and vibrant. <laughs> and she was really uh, a hostess with the mostess, as they say. And she entertained a lot with parties and themes and uh, she always enjoyed having uh, a male escort to keep her company. And the woman was well over 100 years old, and I don't want to give too much away, <laughs> and she had gone through four husbands, mm-hmm. and she lived quite a life. And uh, she was used to enjoying life to the fullest, and uh, she made sure that uh, she wasn't going to let go, which is one of the reasons why uh, she needed my rental income. Um, I think it was to maintain this lifestyle, but also for company, and that's also addressed in the book. So, what lessons do you think uh, that you learned from these celebrities, Matt? I mean, you've talked about some of the good things. Did you see some good and some bad things? Some things that you applied to your life, maybe some things you didn't. Oh, for sure. Um, I learned um, many, many different things, but uh, it's 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 really hard to. Uh, pinpoint anything uh, specifically. Um, I think Mary Lou had a firm belief in never betray confidences, uh, and that's something that has resonated with me and something that I have kept. Um, Clint, this is a rare story in the sense that um, I'm learning from a, a very extraordinary woman who has lived a full life and really was lonely almost in a tragic way uh, and opened up to me. I was in the right place at the right time and everything just clicked. Uh, But to give you a a very specific life lesson, Mm -hmm. there are just too many in the book. And um, it's, I think, ridiculously fun. uh, (laughs) And I, I hope that uh, people will benefit from it as well. Yeah, insider's look. But besides that, Matt, besides that kind of insider's look into a lifestyle that most of us will will never personally experience, what is it that you hope when people pick up everything but snakes and they finish the book, what is it you hope that they're going to walk away with? <clears throat> well, I think the definition of family these days um, has been redefined. And life is short, and to live every moment as if it's your last. The life of the wealthy and the famous uh, is no different from us regular Joes. We all put our pants on one leg at a time. But I think it's important to really, and I know it's it's, uh, something that we all take for granted, but you really need to stop. And, and smell the roses, as they say, and to appreciate what you have and to recognize it because it's fleeting. And I think if you have a family, and again, the, the definition of family, in my opinion, can mean many things these days. But the fact that you have a family, if you don't have a family, you can create a family. 
and, and to hold those people dear and to respect them and, and to tell them that you love them because, again, you don't know what tomorrow is going to be. And it's important that you, you really, really seize the moment. Boy, great advice. Again, the book we're talking about today, it's got a long title, but it's interesting nonetheless, Everything But Snakes, the story of an impossibly glamorous, manipulative, sex-obsessed New York City High Society matron, Matthew Phillips. Matt's on the phone with us on the iUniverse line. Matt, tell us a little bit where we can find the book. Do you have a website or blog, anything else that we could talk yes, about? Yes, I do. Thank you, Clint. Yes, I do. There is a website, um, www.everythingbutsnakes, which is filled with many reviews from um, many different writers and some celebrities and some photographs and pictures. Um, it's a real fun site uh, that iUniverse worked with me on, and I'm very proud of it. We did a terrific job, I think. There's media and blogs and and uh, just some fun facts and fun photographs. You can really put a, a face with the name if you go to the website. Um, also, available on Amazon.com. If you'd like to read other people's reviews, there are many, many reviews on the book. And uh, at one point, it was ranked among Amazon's top 100. Wow. Of course, I'm, pr- I'm proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. So the best place to get it is on Amazon, I'd say, or through iUniverse. And uh, there you have it. All right. Hey, one last thing I want to ask you about. You were kind of mentioning this before before we got started here today. There's maybe the outside chance we may see this on the big screen. Well, ultimately, that was one of my goals, and um, I, I am happy to, to report. It's a bit premature, but for the last eight months, I have been in conversation with with a major studio, a name that I'm sure you all know, but I am reluctant to reveal <laughs> at this point um, for, for too many reasons. But yes, there, there has been some interest in it, but frankly, they, they felt that the content was, was too much for a two-hour movie, and they actually thought miniseries. Um, wow. Of the you know the young college graduate struggling in New York City, uh, renting this room and meeting this anti-mame type of character who turns him on to New York City and all that uh, that entails. You know the book is filled with parties, sex, excess fr- frivolity, live cows, kidnapped Jewish jewelers, <laughs> and games that really stretch the imagination. So mm. we'll see what happens, but I'm I'm hopeful, and the fact that I was approached. Um, I'm I'm flattered, right? Well, and humbled. Yeah, boy, I, it sounds like it has the makings of a movie. We'll keep our eye out. Hopefully, we'll see that uh, sometime soon. Again, the name of the book: Everything But Snakes: The Story of an Impossibly Glamorous, Manipulative, Sex-Obsessed New York City High Society Matron. You can find it almost anywhere. Matthew Phillips, thanks for being on our iUniverse line today. Thank you, Clint. Thank you for having me. You're listening to iUniverse Radio. We'll be back right after these messages. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 success stories from successful entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. 
we can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to iUniverse Radio with host Steve Jorgensen. The title of the book, Everything But Snakes. The story of an impossibly glamorous, manipulative, sex-obsessed New York City high society matron. And the author is Matthew Phillips. And Matt joins us now on iUniverse Radio. Hello, Matt. Hi, good evening. Thanks Thanks for having me. So this is a memoir about an incredible time in your life. Uh, you were young, impressionable, and looking to literally make a fortune, and you needed how to make it through the big city of New York City, right? Yeah, that's, that's uh, a very accurate way of putting it. It was my first job out of college, and I needed a place to live, and I moved from Boston to New York, and I answered an ad in the New York Times, and sure enough, found myself able to rent a room in uh, an apartment of this woman who, unbeknownst to me, was in fact New York High Society and uh, mingled with the who's who of New York, from celebrities to business moguls to uh, real estate giants. And uh, of course, being only 20 at the time, I really had no idea who any of these people were. So uh, I treated them as normal people as they came and went in and out of the apartment for various occasions, and uh, it was it was quite a time. I, I really learned a lot living with her, and um, it was an extraordinary opportunity to get a glimpse of uh, the inner circles of, of New York City. Her name, Mary Lou Stern, and you found her wild, impetuous, and knowledgeable, but when you first met her, what was your impression? Well, she was very eccentric, and she had a presence about her, and I remember her handshake was was more firm and more secure than most men's that I've met at the time, and she was all business, and when she looked at you, she really looked at you straight in the eye, and like I said, she uh, she was really a, a no-nonsense, all-business type of woman, and she needed me to uh, rent a room and... Really, it's quite interesting because, you know, you wonder, why would someone with such wealth who lives on the Upper East Side need to rent a room and need rental income? Well, that's another story in itself, when the fact of the matter is she had actually run out of money and refused to give up this lifestyle, and she needed my my modest rent to help her uh, make it and, again, to continue this lifestyle that she had and she would not let go. And uh, the sad reality is she had really run and burned out through most of her money, which is, which is why she needed me. But no one knew, and she certainly didn't let on, and that was just one of the many uh, facets of the story. Well, tell us about her background. Well, she was a former showgirl, and uh, she had been married four times by the time I had moved there. The names uh, in the book are real. It is nonfiction, and it's really qualified as more of a memoir slash humor uh, type of uh, genre. It's um, a very purposeful story in the sense that um, this woman was able to share with me uh, an insight that really someone of her age and knowledge uh, could only provide. And she embraced me as a family member, and uh, we became quite close. Uh-huh. And I, I have to digress for a moment and mention the title, Everything But Snakes, 
is a bit odd and uh, a little bit at odds with my editor and publisher over it. But really, in essence, this is a woman who introduced me to the world of high society and all that that entails, but she protected me from everyone and everything but the snakes of the world. So I, I'm kind of giving you a bit of a glimpse and a clue as to what that title means, and uh, it, it really says a lot. She protected me and she loved me, and she nourished and I should say nurtured me um, through New York City and helped me quite a bit. How old was she when you met her? Well, that's... It's in, the, it's in the story. She was well okay. over 100 years old and when she died. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Over yeah, 100. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she believed, I guess uh, you call it a controversial aspect of your book, but she believed that sex is good for your health. So she, this was yeah. a wild crowd she ran with. She certainly did. I mean, the the book is over 450 pages, a very small part of it is in fact about celebrities and what they shared with me. I baked cookies with Anne Bancroft and played Monopoly with Larry and Leona Helmsley. Um, I sang with Eartha Kitt and Joan Rivers was a regular as she lived across the street and um, it was really quite a time but you know being 21 and being very impressionable I I just absorbed everything. Uh, I, at the time, really had no idea who many of these celebrities were. Howard Cosell was a regular, um, and I just treated them as, as normal people. And she did entertain quite a bit, and in exchange for rent, I would help as a servant or a waiter, and that en enabled me to interact with, with these people, and uh, it was quite a time. But it was very, very interesting to learn and to hear some of the advice that these celebrities, only a few of which I mentioned, um, would, would share with me. And uh, it, was, it was quite an experience. She may be known as a wild party woman, but at the same time, she had a very uh, strong focus in, in helping others. Yes, yeah, she did. She was quite grounded, and, and she had a, a saying God bless everyone on the 10th floor. And she would say this all the time. And I don't want to reveal the secret to what that means, but it was in a way a prayer. And through all the glamour and glitz and the partying and the socializing and the dresses and the jewelry and all of the nonsense, which she really, at the end of the day, recognized as just that nonsense, she was a grounded woman and she realized what really is important in life, um, family, friendship, um, honesty, and truth. And she shared all of that with me. And God bless everybody on the 10th floor was, again, something she would repeatedly say uh, throughout the three years I was there. And when you find out what it really means, it's, it's really heartwarming and yet heart-wrenching at the same time. Um, so she was a real person who, who delivered um, um, real feelings and real emotion with purpose and, and truly cared about people. And she tried to teach that in me. And really, she instilled what I have learned, the three C's with her. She wanted me to live a life that was enriching and, and purposeful with character, conduct, and communication. And these were three things that she felt were very important in life. And uh, she shared this with me. So she helped discover who you were meant to be? Well, she allowed me to explore 
um, myself and to experiment, and she was all for that. And there's a lot of that in there. Um, we have um, a lot of different scenarios where I was exploring and, and, and doing certain things I would, I would normally never do, um, but I wanted to try them and to see if it's something that I liked. Some of them I did, some I, some of them I did not. Um, so she was all about um, uh, really finding yourself and to explore, and, and don't be afraid. And even though there was a lot of high society here, she also believed in simple life lessons. Correct. Yep, that's that's true. Um, real salt-to-the-earth type of a woman um, with, with core principles that are so fundamental that in this day and age we're so obsessed with celebrity um, and, and all that's on reality TV, which is just, it doesn't, it doesn't really add up. And it gets back down to basics of, of conduct, communication, and character, and, and, you know, and believing in yourself and in real core values, which once again she, she instilled in me. And it just polished my, my resolve and, and, and allowed me to grow and to be a good person. Well, you have lived amongst this uh, jet set, uh, you know, like we've been talking about, uh, and what what brought you to go to Wall Street? Was this part of who you were introduced to? Did you get some doors open for you? Well, at the time, I was um, attending Boston University, and I was doing several internships at brokerage firms. And uh, upon graduation, I had landed a position in New York City, which required me to move. So I thought at the time that this is what I wanted to do. So I'm wrestling with that whole uh, job career. And, you know, granted, it was 30, almost 30 years ago. And uh, it's all explained in the book. Um, a very good friend of mine, uh, an author by the name of V.C. Andrews, uh, who has since died, but I wrote to her as a little boy, V.C. Andrews, she's very famous in terms of her first book called Flowers in the Attic. And she taught me and told me in, in various communications, Matthew, whenever you write, you always need to make sure at the end of the book you answer all the questions and you tie up all the loose ends. A reader needs to have closure. They need to understand what happened, why it happened, and to give the reader a final conclusion. And I think I've done that here in this book with all of her, when I say her, Mary Lou Stern's valuable lessons. I think I've done that here, and I think the reader will be very satisfied. Um, I'm very happy to hear that it was on Amazon.com among the top 100 top sellers. I have many reviews for those who might want to learn and read the reviews on the book. Um, it is available on Amazon and, of course, through iUniverse. And uh, iUniverse has been instrumental in, in making all of this happen, and I'm, I'm very honored to have uh, worked with them on this. They, they were really phenomenal in making this book come to be. Why are, have you used a quote from Benjamin Franklin to open every chapter? Benjamin Franklin is really my hero. He's always been a man that I've admired, and uh, he uh, he is a, a man of someone I would love to meet someday. And being a dog lover and having a lot of dog influence in this book, um, he he uh, once mentioned, and I'm not sure if I have a quote correct, but um, beware of man who do not like dogs. <laughs> and. Uh, if anyone out there is a dog lover and a dog <laughs> owner, I don't need to explain that. I'm sure they understand it completely. 
And in the process of all of this mentoring and all of these different experiences with the wealthy and the celebrities, still basic feelings about family. Real close, stay close to family. We all put our pants on the same way, one leg at a time. And and yes, um, getting back to the basics and to really appreciate what you have because it can be gone very quickly and to, to uh, um, acknowledge those who have made a difference in your life because life is very short and you really seize the moment and um, be appreciative and, and uh, yes, respect, respect those around you. What would you say is the big difference besides money between uh, this high society and the rest of the folks? What is the biggest difference? Right. Probably uh, their their lives are, are very busy and very complicated, and they have a lot going on. But um, really, at the end of the day, um, it's just numbers or 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 how can I say it? Value might be much more, but it's no different. Uh, fundamentally speaking, it's pretty much all the same. It's just that the numbers are bigger, um, the values are more, but really, it's it's all the same. Because they have the same problems everyone else of has. Of course, and, and that's, that's mentioned in the book as well. In fact, I, I, I specifically address that question in detail and what I've learned about that. So um, it's, it's in the book, too. So celebrate every moment in life. You better, because it's quick and it goes fast. Quick and goes fast. And again, Mary Lou Stern, she lived to be... Well over 100. <laughs> so she lived life uh, very fully and uh, right. kind of look at her like almost sound like this almost like mom. Well, you know, the, uh, a good friend of mine, Bruce Valanche, who's a six-time Emmy-winning writer, read the book. And, uh, you know, he, he has, uh, we have a quote on the cover of the book, a blurb, if you will. And uh, it really says it all. And, and Bruce writes, uh, Matthew's private anti-mame shows him the velvet ropes while making sure he doesn't hang himself with any of them. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Bruce, for that. I, th- I think it was priceless, and that really says it all. Um, yes, she was an anti-mame character, but a real-life person and uh, a woman who has a presence that enters the room five feet before she does, and it was, it was quite a time, and she was really an extraordinary woman. We've been listening to Matthew Phillips. He is the author of his book, Everything But Snakes. Matt, what's the best way to get your book? Well, it's available at Barnes & Noble. Um, A lot of people have been getting it on uh, Amazon.com. It at one point was among Amazon's top 100. There are many reviews on Amazon if you'd like to uh, read what other people thought and what they had to say. And, uh, um, yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for joining us on iUniverse Radio. iUniverse Radio is brought to you by iUniverse, the leading book marketing, editorial services, and supported self-publishing company. iUniverse Radio is produced by TogiNet Radio. Radio with a cutting edge.